Hello friends, welcome to my September 20th podcast, uh, Medicine in Action. Today, as per the request of several of my listeners, uh, you've asked me to give a timeline of symptoms, how they develop in COVID, how they progress, what things to watch out for, and some of you have asked about this new study showing that masks may actually be more effective than we've originally thought. So I'll try to cover some of those topics today. A lot of you are familiar with it and it's uh, somewhat repetitious, but I do want to give a timeline of the COVID, how it develops so people can have some idea as well as to know when to seek uh, emergency medical help. Now remember, about 10% of people who get the COVID infection show no symptoms. They're asymptomatic carriers, so it's been verified over and over again. Some people have a basically asymptomatic or very mild infection. So uh, that's something to just keep in mind. Now, after exposure to somebody with the COVID-19 infection, usually the symptoms start four to five days after. And uh, the first few days, there may be minimal or no symptoms. And the symptoms starts, like I said, four to five days. And first, people start to have a loss of sense of smell. Fevers can start anything over 100.4 is considered a fever. They may start with a dry cough, shortness of breath. The symptoms are kind of nonspecific. But if there has been a history of exposure, the correct thing is to have it checked because you can never tell just from symptoms if somebody has COVID. The loss of smell, taste can proceed or sometimes start with a fever. Now, from day 2 to day 10, these symptoms will continue. So we expect... The first two weeks, these symptoms, fevers can continue, chills, cough, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, fatigue, muscle aches, headaches are very common, loss of taste or smell. Some people have sore throat. Some have congestion or runny nose. Nausea, vomiting can happen. Diarrhea can happen. GI symptoms are actually quite prominent. So most people by the the end of two weeks start to be improving. The fevers are abating. Their other symptoms are going away. If people are going to get sick, then generally from day 10 to 12 is when they develop a very severe shortness of breath, something we call ARDS or adult uh, or acute respiratory distress syndrome. And those are the people who tend to get very sick. It can happen anywhere from between days 8 to 12, but sometimes as late as day 15. Generally, the calmness time to develop this is between days 8 to 12. So if somebody has a mild case, symptoms start to subside. Cough can last sometimes up to four weeks, so we've seen that. Now, we used to initially recommend that people get retested for the virus once they're, we're no longer recommending that because we found out that the PCR test can be positive. It really does not help us. So we are following clinical symptoms. But obviously, if somebody has deterioration, then they should be checked to see what else may be going on. Sometimes secondary pneumonias can happen as well. Now, for most people, again, 80% uh, symptoms will disappear on their own, symptomatic care, uh, fever, loss of taste, smell, fatigue, all of them will go away now. The problems happen during this time frame is when it starts to damage secondary organs. So that's where I'm going to talk a little bit about what symptoms to watch out for to know that there may be something more going on. So as most of you know, COVID-19 can attack and infect basically any organ head to toe. So starting with the brain, strokes have been seen. We had a patient who had a 
uh, acute presentation with a stroke, uh, COVID positive, tested, eventually recovered, uh, but with some residual memory deficits. Uh, it can damage the heart and kidneys. So certainly heart attacks have been seen. People have shown with pulmonary embolism, which is a clot to the lung. So if a person with a COVID-19 is presenting with severe chest pain, they should be tested for a heart attack or a myocardial infarction. Likewise, if the shortness of breath suddenly goes out of proportion to what they've been having, they should be checked and tested for possible pulmonary embolism that can happen. If a patient is presenting suddenly with one leg getting red, uh, tender, swollen, then the worry about a clot needs to be considered. So what we call DVT or a clot in the legs or arms should be considered. Uh, secondary bacterial infections are possible. So somebody who's getting better and suddenly starts spiking fever again, deteriorating, they need to be checked, have x-rays and other things done. And these can occur as late as three weeks after the onset. So it's, it's uh, somewhat difficult to, to, to know. Uh, the loss of smell typically recovers two to three weeks. But some people continue having GI symptoms, and that can sometimes go on for uh, two to three weeks. So again, that is supportive care. But going back to warning symptoms and people who are high risk, and those are people who already have heart disease, who have diabetes, high blood pressure, bad lung disease, anybody on cancer treatments who has chronic kidney disease, obese people in particular we know, or people who are smokers are all conditions where there are higher likelihood of having complications or a prolonged recovery. So the times that we need to have immediate medical attention is if the shortness of breath goes out of proportion to where they are having difficulty even completing sentences. So they have to have their oxygen level checked. Most people carry pulse oximeter at home and they can certainly keep an eye on it. If that level is declining below 90%, 91%, then that's um, somewhat of a troubling sign, though by itself is not always diagnostic. So one other thing that uh, people need to know is that all the symptoms we've mentioned do not show up in everybody. So like cough will be present in about 50%. Fevers are present in about 50 to 60%. Muscle aches in about 30 to 40%. Headaches in 30%. So some people may have one symptom, some of the other, depending again on where the virus is attacking is the key. Uh, the other thing to know is that in younger children, we've noted that there is this very odd syndrome that can happen several days or with no prior infection known. So if a young child after a COVID-19 infection suddenly develops strange rashes, a strawberry-looking tongue, severe chest pain, shortness of breath, they need to be immediately checked for some complications which are rare but can happen where the arteries or the blood vessels circulating, their heart or other organs may be affected. So obviously the biggest thing we worry about is the respiratory failure or breathing failure that I said thankfully happens in about 15 to 20% of people that can require mechanical ventilation or ventilator. For the heart, we've seen everything from, like I mentioned, heart attacks, to arrhythmias, which is a regular heartbeat, to people having uh, 
you know, certain cardiac death or, you know, unexplained certain cardiac death. Uh, strokes, we mentioned, pulmonary embolism, we mentioned. Inflammatory syndromes are very common. So this is one of those, again, theories where we know that it generates so much inflammation and it's probably body's immune response that has gone out of control, which is why steroids have been shown to be so successful in the very sick patients. People, when they start to get very sick, decadron or dexamethasone has shown to be phenomenal benefit, uh, especially in people who end up on a ventilator. So, and that is a basically a very good anti-inflammatory, very strong anti-inflammatory. It kind of puts the brake on the body's immune response. Other inflammatory things that are rare, uh, I need to mention is some people can develop a very rare uh, neurological syndrome called Guillain-Barre syndrome, where people can have neurological symptoms, not like a stroke, but they can have numbness, weakness in arms, legs. Some people have been paralyzed. Then uh, I mentioned about the children, they can develop this thing called Kawasaki disease or toxic shock syndrome, uh, which is again, thankfully rare, but has been well recognized and well described. Uh, in terms of sequelae or long-term residual things, we are still seeing that some patients, we don't quite know why, are not able to fully eliminate the virus. So some people three, four months out have unfortunately still been very sick and very tired, short of breath, haven't fully recovered their strength back. So there is a long-term possibility, although this is a minority of the patients, most people seem to thankfully recover. And it may again have to do with the immune system attacking organs uh, and, you know, causing secondary damage. Blood work is very telling for us. There are things we check on the blood. So there is a particular type of white cell called lymphocytes. They tend to go down. If they go down a lot, that's actually a worrisome sign. Liver function tests will go up a little bit. Uh, there's another marker called LDH. We check that that goes up. Inflammatory markers go up. C-reactive protein goes up a lot. And coagulation abnormalities are very common, which is why we recommend in most patients some blood thinner, some cases aspirin, some cases something stronger like Eliquis or Xarelto, depending on the situation. Uh, but not every patient should or can have blood thinners or doesn't need it even. So this is a, basically a summary of things how People can be aware of what's, uh, what things to watch out for and, uh, you know, what, 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 what can you alert your doctors about if there are any of these things that are developing. The uh, good news is that most people seem to recover with no long-term sequelae, but unfortunately, as I mentioned, people with other medical issues, diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, they tend to have somewhat prolonged course and poor outcomes. Now, switching gears, I want to talk about this very intriguing thought uh, that has come up, is that could wearing a mask help build immunity? So the theory is that masks, of course, everybody knows are great, and they, I really believe that if everybody masked as the data has come out, just in the U.S. alone, we would probably save another 60,000, 70,000 lives even by the end of the year. So that's phenomenal. I mean, it's in my opinion, uh, really criminal for people not to wear a mask right now. Uh, even if they don't believe in it, they should do it for other people. And uh, any mask is fine. Now we know surgical cloth masks, they're fine. They don't have to. And the, here's, the, here's the key. It's true that N95 masks are phenomenal and they'll cut down the virus the best. 
But the idea is maybe we don't need to cut on the virus completely. A little bit of viral dose may not be a bad thing because it can give the body a chance to make immune responses to it. We do know that the viral dose is linked to the severity of the illness. So doctors, when they've gotten sick, have had a massive dose of the virus because of somebody coughing on them or they're unprotected, tend to get very sick. So when people have had a lesser dose, then maybe they got a few virus particles, then their body's immunity has a chance to cope with the virus. It's not that we don't have our immunity system is great. It's just when the system is overwhelmed or goes into overdrive. The two extremes, those are when we get into trouble. But if we are doing like all the things we're supposed to do, then our body will make the antibody to the virus, will control it, and you will remember it for future. So this, again, is a very intriguing theory. The It's not proven yet, of course. It's a very hard thing to prove. But the idea, again, is that less number of virus particles give the body a chance to control it. It can have the innate immunity come in, control it. It can also start making T cells that can make memory cells, and they can come back and hit the virus more. So uh, uh, in my opinion, I think there is no reason that people should not be wearing masks. So I, on that note, I will stop here and please keep sending me your uh, questions, queries, feedback. I appreciate it. Be well, be safe. And like somebody said, be positive, stay negative. Take care. Bye-bye.